I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. So we have Val Soapy on the podcast today. Uh, Welcome, Val. Hey, uh, good to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Uh, Val is the co-founder of ClearTask, founder of ClearTask. And uh, so you've been working on that, a SaaS product. Can you tell us, uh, just tell the listeners a little bit more about ClearTask, just so they have a little more context? Uh, Sure. So uh, ClearTask, in essence, is a uh, project task management uh, solution that I'm trying to reposition now to a uh, sort of more like a company management system type of thing and not sticking in the category where there are so many um, competitors. Uh, So basically, I've built that on my own. I've been doing it since 2017, sort of part-time-ish, and then I launched uh, February last year. So it'll be in about a week or so, two weeks. It'll be a year since I launched for for people to pay. Yeah, so um, it's a big milestone. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you've been kind of in this SaaS game for a little while now. I think I, I saw that you've been doing this different SaaS products for like seven years. Is that right? Oh, that's correct. Yeah. So uh, first, my first product was in 2013. Uh, I guess we launched it on August of 2013, but I started working on it on April. So it'll be about seven years when I started doing this. Uh, before that, I had a studio a design firm that we did anything from like uh, identity design to websites to web apps, you name it. And then um, we just got tired of it you know working for clients <laughs> and i wanted to jump into mm-hmm. this SaaS making thing where you make millions of dollars and not work a lot and <laughs> <laughs> it didn't pan out like that but that's the idea <laughs> well not yet yeah <laughs> well yeah i guess so so but that's that's why you know because somebody asked me this the other day you know like why why would you do this and the idea is honestly to have a little bit more time if anything pans out of out of this is just have more time to do other stuff you know while the product sort of makes money on its own sort of you know if it if it really kicks off but um yeah 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 we'll see how that happens i mean all, all of us sort of want that i guess <laughs> yeah. well that makes sense um yeah one of the things that i was wondering is like initially when you started claritask it was like in the space of classic Uh, project management tools, right? So you were basically competing with stuff like Jira and Basecamp and you were trying to compete with giants basically all on your own. So I'm kind of wondering, like, how did you come up with the idea? Like, are you crazy (laughs) for trying that? Right, yeah, (laughs) a little bit probably. Uh, So I always, uh, when I had my design firm, I was sort of the owner of it. And what I mostly did, I managed projects. Uh, so I always liked doing that part of managing a project from start to end. And I was, I was always using these different tools that sort of uh, helped me do that. But they never were, were really like that good. You know, they always were missing something that I needed for my flow. So that was sort of the idea. Uh, even with my first product, which name was Goodwarp. That was the first product. It was project management as well. But then as I started developing it, especially with ClearTask, it it's really more than a project management, like companies can sort of uh, manage their team as well in there, like they, they can manage everyone's productivity and see what everyone is working on, not sort of spy on them because it's all transparent for each team member to see what everyone is doing. It's not just the manager snooping on them. So recently, like a week ago, I, um, 
I started reading Obviously Awesome by April Dunford, which I've been oh, meaning yeah. to do for so long. And honestly, couldn't have been uh, on my table at a better time. Like the timing <laughs> was so good, you know, like I've been struggling with sort of the idea of where the product belongs and reading that book and just taking notes. I don't know if you guys read it yet. Uh, well, I'm waiting for I, the audiobook. Oh, yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. So uh, it's it's like a how-to of how to position your product and how to make it different, even change its category. So you don't have to compete with, you know, um, base camps and Jira's. Like you yeah, can yeah. set yourself apart by just saying, hey, I'm not you guys. I'm something different and sort of helping the customer uh, put you in a different context so they get you. Like that's the idea, at least. That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to reframe all that. And then uh, hopefully in a month or so, I can come up with a new messaging on my website and target companies that I really want to target, which are companies with like 100 people and, you know, 10, 10 departments. That was the idea. But my struggle was like, how do I get to these companies? They're so huge. Like, how do yeah. I get to talk to them? Uh, so let me try, you know, smaller companies like mine. But then smaller companies don't want to pay. You know, everybody wants to save and like, no. Trello is free, you know, up to a point. Jira, all these other guys, even Basecamp introduced a free, you know, tier. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Screw that. That would be my that that's gonna be my next goal. Uh, so the idea is to say, screw that, screw you guys. I'm going different direction, <laughs> trying to get to you know talk to these big companies and then see if that pans out. And if that doesn't, then I'll probably try another thing. But that's sort of like the next plan, uh, which was initially the, the idea of how to do it, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, I sort of went on. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious, like, throughout this whole time, like, you've been in this for a while, like, how do you, how do you stick to it? Like, I, I've experienced that in the past, like, you know, things get hard, it sounds like you've hit some roadblocks and some walls, like, how do you just keep going and just, like, push forward? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Uh, yesterday, uh, one of our friends in Mega Maker, which me and Ben are part of, uh, Jace. I don't know if you read Jace's comment. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. working on a product that he's you know hitting a wall from time to time, and I do that even now. Like uh, when I was before launching it, I wouldn't hit as many roadblocks because I was I was enjoying building the product. I was enjoying what I was trying to solve. I had all these ideas. I also had the advantage of knowing what a lot of my clients would want from the previous products, things that I couldn't implement at the time. So I sort of had that information. I was really excited about solving those things. However, when I launched, then I had a lot of like roadblocks trying to sell the product. Um, you know, just get mm -hmm. it in front of people, people saying yeah. no. Like, how do you motivate yourself? But uh, a couple of lucky things happened. Um, when I started, I sold my first uh, plan about 17 days after launch. So that was a nice boost. Like the client came, paid yeah. somebody I know, they have a huge company and they said, yeah, we want this product. We know you build it, you know, good from the previous product because they use the previous product too. So I was really excited with their sort of feedback. And then another came back from my previous product and sort of, I had this like four clients, five clients that kept me in the loop. However, the biggest roadblock has been to make Claritas sustainable so I don't have to do anything else. Like I can give up my consultancy work and whatnot. So that's the biggest roadblock. And uh, I don't really know if I have a, a way to 
uh, overcome that. Like I, I live with that every day, sort of like, how am I going to do this? You know, like trying to think of different strategies. However, when I get really tired, I try to break it down to like its smallest bit. You know, like if I'm trying to make this big sale and it's like really overwhelming, I will literally write myself a task saying, pick up the phone, dial the number, you know, like just like super tiny little steps that helps me get that big task, which is really tiny, but because of burnout, it like feels it's so big. <laughs> so that's like the cheat thing that, you know, that's how I cheat sort of myself, how I um, fool myself into thinking that, you know, I, I can overcome this. But yeah, it's definitely hard, man. And it's real. Um, I think the more you try to deny it, the more you try to get away from it, like the more it gets you. I think if you try to face it like head on and just, you know, try to get through it by breaking it down, then it becomes easier the next time. At least that's what I do with myself, you know. Sometimes it's, it's bad too because you burn out like that. I don't yeah, know if that, that makes sucks. sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I heard Noah's yesterday. Noah was, uh, I heard you on Justin's podcast about struggling <laughs> sort of along the same lines of trying to interview Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, that was interesting. So yeah, Justin made like a, a quick video of uh, actually what me and Ben were talking here on the podcast. He kind of made like a response video to that. It was really cool. But yeah, I've been struggling through some of the thing, same things maybe. I guess, well, Currently, I'm more so struggling through just finding the the idea I want to build and like the next project that I think is worth solving that I want to do. Um, so it's a little bit different problem, but I definitely experienced um, maybe kind of where you're at with my last startup that I ran, um, where yeah, you just you hit into roadblocks and you're kind of like, oh man, what do I do now? And it's you know it's it's so hard and like you know. I feel like expectations are, are kind of always dashed. Like you kind of have these big dreams and goals of like the perfect way it's going to kind of happen and everything's going to work out great. And, you know, businesses just never work out that way. It seems like. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it definitely so. does. It doesn't, you know, like, yeah, there's so many different things that happen, but I guess if you really find what you love, I think it's easier in my, in my opinion, at least, you know, like I love, I love project management and the users I have now, if nothing pans out, uh, if I don't get to a point where it's like sustainable, like I'll be happy maintaining it for like quite a while. Like I love it. Like I don't want to pick yeah. just something that is uh, in a market that's making a lot of money and then I hate it. Like I don't want to go into mm -hmm. hosting, for example, you know, like I hate that. Like why would I want to do that? So, yeah, just it sounds like you're kind of and some, maybe it's just your how you're talking about it or like your marketing for clear tasks but it sounds like in some ways you're reaching kind of like a pivot point is that would you say that's true or yeah i think from the point of uh the industry i'm trying trying to like from the sales perspective from the position perspective it's definitely uh sort of a retro pivot because I'm going to where I wanted to be initially like that's how I started I wanted to target these companies mm -hmm. but that I sort of got scared of it I shied away so I was like yeah let me just get back to the smaller companies like mine but now I'm saying you know what if this thing is going to make it I might as well just try it and then change the messaging maybe even change the product's name you know where it's not clarity task because it's suggesting that it's a task management I want it to be like a little mm -hmm. bit more so maybe just change it to like yeah. a one name, something like Amazon, whatever, like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I'm willing to take that risk, you know? <laughs> if it doesn't work, right. I'll still have all these users that I have and I'll just maintain it for them. But uh, you could say it's a pivot from a position perspective, definitely, yeah. So it will be Clary Company in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clary Com. 
Yeah. I, I have a notebook full of like words that I was picking the other day. They're like all, I don't know, like come and spot and hub and they almost sound like HubSpot and <laughs> yeah, so pretty similar to what what's out there. But yeah, like that's that's where I'm at right now, and it's uh it's exciting. It's good. I'm in a good spot, honestly, because the application ClearTask as a as a as a solution, I feel pretty good how it works because it was done mostly from feedback. So my only struggle right now is sort of to switch hats and say, I don't have to build any more features because I love doing features and you can't just sit there and invent features all the time. So I'm like, you know what, I'm done with it. And I just want to sell, sell, sell. And sort of going with, you know, Justin even said that in like with Transistor, like Transistor was much easier to sell for him than any other thing is done. Like things picked up much easier for him. And I'm looking for that. I don't want to get stuck in the in the sort of idea of, oh, I have to work hard for this. You know, if I don't work hard, it's not going to work. I think if something is is to work, I think it becomes it gets easier. You know, like as you do it, like there's mm -hmm. more demand, and you sort of, you know, it pulls you. Like you're not pushing it constantly. So, you know, I'm, I think I'm looking for that. And if, if that doesn't happen, then uh, I don't know. That would be another roadblock. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, feel like selling is something that comes easy to you? Uh, I know, like, I feel like a lot of uh, developers or indie hackers, like, the the part we enjoy is the building the product part, and then it gets to the selling part, and we're like, oh, what yeah. do I do here? Or, I don't like this part. So, yeah. yeah, how do you feel about that? You know, I don't like doing it at all. Um, I wish I had, like, a co-founder who did that, uh, so I would focus mm -hmm. on the product. But as the product has gotten better, and as I am able to uh, sort of uh, come uh, against a lot of objections that people would have initially, like they would say, oh, does it do this? And I, initially I would say, oh, not yet, you know, that's going to be down the line. So now when I talk to someone and they say, hey, does it do this? I'm like, yep, does it do that? Yep. So like <laughs> it feels like much easier when you have like a more complete product. But it's not mm -hmm. something that I like, like, like this is true. Like whenever I, if I see like a Calendly email coming through with someone booking a uh, a demo i'm like oh crap like <laughs> i don't want to do that like even though i like i want the sale but just going through the motion of like you know explaining the product and all that like i'd rather honestly like i'd rather be on the product for for a long time it would be awesome if i had a co-founder like that's i think most of people mm -hmm. that had success they had somebody um you know complimenting them with some other profession, not just, you know, two developers, right. like a sales and a developer. So yeah. yeah makes, have you ever tried to look for a co-founder or someone to do that part or? I have, but not actively. Like I've, I've talked to people, but never really um, found a match that uh, I saw that as a good sort of fit for both of us, but never actively, honestly. Like the idea, like this is gonna sound horrible, but the idea is that I work on it solo forever and it makes like 10 to 20K a month and then I work on it, I support, and then I hire maybe like a developer to like maintain it as time goes by. I would definitely like to stay small. Like, I feel like if I get a co-founder, like the pressure to have more success will grow because then you have two salaries to match uh, equally, yeah, which, that's you know, true. yeah. So like you need a lot of, yeah, you need to lot, make a lot of more sales. So I don't know if I want to get to that where I have a company, you know, like I'm sort of managing it. If it comes to that point, like, I'd rather get out, like sell it or something, and then just continue doing something else rather than make it a mm -hmm. big, 
startup I I don't know, funded thing that, you know, you go to every day and you have all these responsibilities. Yeah. Well, that yeah. doesn't, doesn't sound too horrible, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know all of us want that, but it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you pull that off? It's, so it's uh, I know from, from listening to you over the last year that you also considered taking, taking funding at, I don't know, I think you, you thought about it twice at least mm -hmm. last year. So you, you kind of went away from that, I guess, right? So what's your take on that right now? Yeah, so I'll tell you like all about it. So uh, <laughs> when I first launched, I uh, immediately I met somebody from New York, this real estate guy, and he loved it. He's like, I like it, you know, like I'm going back to New York. I'm, we're going to talk again. And it wasn't like a big amount. It was like 20, 30,000, which would get me close to a year to like improve it and stuff. Yeah. And then I was very closely talking to him about things. And then he disappeared like one of the days he just wouldn't write back and he wouldn't call back or anything. So that fell through. And then I was talking to another person who actually came to me and he wanted to invest about 20. And as we were getting closer, that sort of fell through as well. But going back and looking at it all, it was more, it wasn't really a good thought from my side because I didn't really need the money. Like I, I could have continued, but sort of, I was bootstrapping and running out of cash to live my life. And I was looking for some investor that would sort of cover that. And I know Tiny C does that. Like they invest in a founder who's working on something, has some traction, et cetera. Yeah. But the thing that sort of scared me all the time is like, uh, I don't have a proven channel for my product. So my product is not selling through this specific channel that is bringing this, um, this many leads and they're converting at this rate. I don't have that pattern yet. So without mm -hmm. that, it's sort of scary that I could go through that money and spend it, even though it's an investment, like I, I wouldn't owe them anything back. It's still like, what are we doing? You know, like, are we pushing a product that will yeah, never yeah, pan yeah. out? So I would like to at least have some, some pattern that's like repeatable that I can yeah, use yeah. the money to sort of amplify that. And uh, I applied to Tiny C twice, got rejected twice. First time I, I applied was back when I launched my product. And they send the email that they send to everybody saying, oh, thank you for applying, blah, blah, blah. And then I applied this, this year recently. And I think the criteria probably changed because initially the criteria was up to 1,000 MRR, some traction, not really that perfect. And then a founder who's like willing to work full time. And I thought like I had all that, but I'm sure there's sort of pool of people applying or just getting like much better. Like people applying with higher MRRs are like, oh, screw this guy. You know, he's like, he's not even 1,000. So I get the rejection letter from them for 120K. And then I write back, I say, hey, Rob, so what do you think about 30K? Like I start negotiating <laughs> the rejection, <laughs> but he never wrote back. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna try, <laughs> why not? I mean, it'll be amazing to have Rob on board, you know, like with all his a network yeah. and all this knowledge like i listen to his podcast and he's like so quick into a lot of ideas he has and that would have been such a nice addition but then they never wrote back and now that i'm you know taking some consultancy work bootstrapping clarity task uh, i'm not re really looking right now unless some awesome opportunity comes around like rob or somebody that is that's into SaaS that could maybe help me not just with money but sort of with channels and making this product, you know, better in terms of positioning it, then, then I would take it. But again, you know, going back to like my goal is like, I would love to stay at this position, bootstrap it, get to a point where it's sustainable and then live off of it. 
and maybe hire like a person or two to maintain maybe code or servers and customer care, but then stay at that for like a long time. Cyrus, I'm kind of changing the topic sure. a little bit. Um, something I'm I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on Val is, so I, I kind of came out more of startup space where basically the the, uh, the advice that people give in startups compared to like kind of bootstrapping businesses is very different. Um, and kind of one of the things that I learned there that like isn't necessarily true here is basically people are just talking about how like in the internet space, and actually this may even be just something that's kind of, this is the way people thought about things, um, online businesses like a couple of years ago where I'm wondering if it's starting to change is that, that all the markets are kind of like almost like a one takes all or like, you know, just a couple big companies take everything. And it, it seems like at least being around more in this bootstrap community, people are starting to think differently about that. Like that maybe, you know, there can be little, like, you know, little, almost like small businesses that can work in a space that maybe, you know, a big company or big startups already in. Um, and, and so I, I know like Claritas is kind of in that same realm. So I'm just curious, like, what do you, what do you think about that, that idea? Yeah. Uh, and do you think it's changing? Well, I think uh, initially when I was uh, when I did my first product, I invested a lot of my money in that. And then I had a team of four people who were looking, we were actively looking for investments. So I was following a lot of uh, investors in Europe, in, in U.S. and what they were saying. And mm-hmm. uh, most of them were saying that, you know, winner takes all. And from an investor's point of view, I think that's the only way because that's the only way for them to get a 10 time return on grabbing the biggest share of the market in that vertical or mm-hmm. an entire industry. And that's for them, that's what makes sense to them because if they are like the second and the third, like they're, they're not gonna get their money back because they poured in so much of it. But I don't think that's true for us. Like if we're bootstrapping, I think there's still room and a lot of people are doing it, you know, like they're selling for five, 10K, 20K a month. Uh, they're doing that like with a you know single person or maybe like a co-founder, and they're living off of that. So, from our from my perspective, I don't think that's true. But if I was an investor, like that's I would definitely aim for that because you're like pouring in millions, and you cannot be the third because you're not going to make any money. And that's you know to make millions and not be considered a success that's like crazy. And that's what a lot of Silicon Valley does. You know, like you're making like 10 million yeah. a year, and you're like, oh, you know, we failed. Like, what? Are you crazy? Like, I'd take that anytime. Like, sell it to me for, like, a dollar, and I'll run that. So, yeah, but not for us, man. I think I think a lot of people are doing well, you know. Just I know this one product, which is not a SaaS, but they sell, I think, one time. I can't remember the name of the person. I can't remember the product. It has something to do with the audio, and it's a single person, and he makes, like, a million a year. Uh, every mm. year, like that's insane for me. It's like one person making eighty thousand per month, like a, a salary year salary. That seems to be working. Yeah, <laughs> man. So you know, no, I, I don't think for us. I think what's for us. It's like uh, it's a lot of things, honestly. Like it's not only the product. It's the brand. It's how much you put yourself out there, which I've been trying to do a lot of. You know, like just just mm-hmm. people to know you, so they're like more comfortable of buying from you because I think that's what people want. To know that you know the money that they're putting in, that the person on the other side is trustworthy. I think that's the key here. 
And uh, mm -hmm. some people buy just to buy. Like they, they don't go to Trello because it's a big company. They would rather buy from you if you have something nice to offer. I'm still like, you know, not sure about this thing I'm talking this last bit, but I'd like it to be true because that's how I buy, you know. Sometimes I would go and buy from somebody smaller just to support them. Like I could, I could honestly set up podcasting on my own with like a DigitalOcean and like an RSS feed, but I go and, you know, pay Transistor because I like them. I, you know, I like what they do and how much they give back, especially Justin. Mm -hmm. So. With that thought, I'm thinking, you know, there's maybe more people like that. And <laughs> they will buy from me instead of like Trello <laughs> yeah. or Jiro. I don't know. So it's kind of like we're trying to build the the local coffee shop. Yes. Where there's just one shop. It's just, you know, in one local town. And we're competing against the big Starbucks that uh, everyone knows about. But it's like when you're a local, like just that town, like you mm -hmm. can build kind of those com a community around it and actually have personal relationships with these people where they're going to choose you over Starbucks because they know you, they, they trust you and they, they like your service. Um, even if it's, yeah, it, it might not even have to be, I guess, better than Starbucks. It's just a little different. It's positioned a little differently. Right. Yeah. And you can yeah. build a monopoly like as a that small coffee shop in that town, you know, like nobody will go, go and buy a Starbucks. Like, for example, like up until 2018, there wasn't a single Starbucks in Italy because the coffee is so good there. And they opened up now. I think there are four of them in Milan, but nowhere in the rest of Italy you can find a Starbucks because the coffee is so good there, like the local shops and local eateries that they have, you know, together with coffee. So I definitely think there is room for us of whatever we build. I think the challenge, the obstacle is to build something that is needed, uh, that people are buying, uh, even hosting, you know, people buy hosting every day. So DigitalOcean is easy, but if you can make it even easier for like a niche that builds a lamp stack, without even them having to do it, then maybe there's room for that too, you know? And you don't need that many clients to make it a success, you know? So I don't know. That's actually, at least that's the angle that I'm aiming for, to stay small, yeah. make it like a small product that, you know, a couple of big companies use, and I can uh, maintain it with like 10, 20K a month. I mean, that would be a dream, but that's the idea. So what are you guys working on? I know Ben is uh, on his product. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm still stuck on Italians being coffee snobs. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, man. It's very personal. I didn't know that. that was, yeah. I, I love how you just mentioned that. Um, <laughs> I mean, they do have good espresso there. Um, I've tried it. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same situation as you are in a way because uh, you, you're kind of struggling when I interpreted that right to like make an impact and really get a bunch of new users on board. And I'm kind of in the situation where I want to like go out and look for the first users for, for Playgroup. And um, so, yeah, I'm kind of in the same situation as that I have to find a channel that works. And um, yeah, I'm trying to tr trying to think of ways that I could uh, basically find new users or find my first users. <laughs> and is it, is it live? Uh, it's not live yet, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. No, it's not. I'm, okay. It's just the, the little landing page that you probably saw already. And I have this huge, uh, <laughs> huge pull request waiting, basically, okay. which adds like sixty thousand lines of code. And um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh man, 
Yeah, I've I've been I've been doing a lot of copywriting lately, so I've tried to because I've heard that I should probably do that and I like the idea. Um mm. I tried writing a comparison to Slack and also to Twist. Right. Um because I feel like those are the 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 obvious competitors in the market and mm. uh yeah, it it kind of worked out actually pretty well, so I have a good feeling that there is enough to differentiate from those two. And I feel like that makes it a lot easier to sell to people because then you like it's the obvious question that people are going to ask. And if you mm -hmm. can just point them to a page where it basically lists all the differences um, and how you might have even more features and more advantages, that seems pretty good like that. That's basically or at least it to me, it feels like it's a situation where I don't, where I don't have to push up a hill. Mm -hmm. But I just have to see if <laughs> if people agree with that. Yeah, that's what actually april's book was saying you know like you sort of have to give your users the context first like what is this thing oh so it's like slack it's like this it's like that and then explain how it's better so like you yeah. help them sort of you know oh what coffee is that you know it's this coffee but how is it better than starbucks oh i'll tell you how it is so yeah exactly and yeah. i think there is this one marketing tactic that also basecamp is using on their site very directly which is basically showing them the situation before using your product okay, and yeah. then going like this will change to the better if if you're using clarity task or playgroup mm -hmm. or whatever and that just like they empathize with that and they they probably see the pain point and then understand what value you can add and that's basically better than just listing features so i'm kind of trying to True. go with that a little bit i just hope to get out of like the the new landing page and all the comparison pages within the next week or two and then just reach out to people i guess <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah it's exciting i mean initially when you do it and then once you start you're like oh okay so now let me let me yeah. see what's going on like the other day that's i sent part. <laughs> i sent my uh, current users like i have about 70 active users daily and it's from like four or five companies that use claritask and i send them like uh, all of them i send them an email asking them what is claritask like, yeah. I know what it is, but what is it to you? And the answers that I'm getting, like, are insane. Like, they're <laughs> doing things with it. Like, I I mean, they're cool. Like, they're around the idea of what I want them to do. But just asking them that, it's like, brings you, like, a whole new idea of what your product can do. And then the other follow-up question I'm, I'm sending to the ones that are replying, and I'm saying, okay, so if Claritas didn't exist, what would you use? but it can be another tool. Like, <laughs> what would you do manually? And they're like, oh, I would use like a Google sheet or like manually call the person that I want to do this with. And that's like, that's, that just give you like a, a more information about the benefit and the value. And this is all from the book. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, that book is the Bible for me right now. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, twisting it, writing notes and rereading re them. And it's just helping me so much with, you really giving Claritask like a, not another shot like it's it's already shooting <laughs> not <laughs> precisely but uh just giving it a little bit more focus and just understanding what it is and um i don't know at the end of the it's day i've given you a different perspective on how to look at it and how to think about it yeah the book you mean right yeah 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 definitely like uh and the book is like so well written it's like so practical that it's just you know helps you get to a, a couple of times I, I keep telling myself I'm like oh man that's true like oh, like how how do I get stuck in like building features when I have to do this instead you know so in that sense yeah definitely like it's bringing me more to you know like what are you trying to do with your product like what can people actually do not like features but 
what do they do at the end of the day? Like, do they get done quicker with their day? Like, are they happier? Like, that's sort of thinking. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll talk on my podcast in the next couple, probably by next month I'll be done with my repositioning. And then I'll shoot out my cold email to a bunch of, I have this huge list of the clients that I have in mind. And then um, we'll see how it pans out because selling Claritask as a task management and project management is just not working. Because, I mean, the first thing somebody's going to say is like, oh, man, another one of these, like, <laughs> like, who needs it? You know, like, I know it could be better, but I don't want to switch. So we'll try to talk about it a little differently and say, oh, no, it's not just task, task management. It's like you can do this and this and this with it. Yeah, that's actually something I'm also a little afraid of is that the cost for, for clients or for, for companies to switch tools might be pretty, like, it's pretty big step for them so it should mm -hmm. probably be very or i should probably have like i don't know a tool that lets them i don't know import slack channels or whatever mm. to make it a lot easier to change and you're probably in the same situation because as you said that market is very crowded and everybody's got their team on it mm -hmm. and yeah that's probably especially if you have the yeah, whole the team too cost. yeah yeah, it's yeah true. exactly especially if it's a big company it's like even harder because there's so many people that can have to agree what I find is that larger clients don't leave. Like they stay for as long as they're in business because it's so hard to switch. But to get them, <laughs> they either have to start their company now or they haven't used any tool up to now. Like they've been working for five, six years with email and I don't know, like whiteboards. And they're like, okay, so we, got a, we need a tool. <clears throat> yeah. And that's sort of when, you know, they decide to jump on something like Claritask. Usually, honestly, like, what I just said, like a lot of people have to decide. Sometimes it could take only the owner or the founder. Like that, that was my previous experience. Like the company was like 25 people. The owner doesn't care whoever likes that product. Like he likes it. He wants to put it in his company and everybody's going to abide by that. So like you have those scenarios as well. How do you find those people? I don't know. It's a whole different story. It's like the <laughs> other challenge. Like how do I, I was, find more I was of gonna you? I was just going to ask that, like, are you trying to target C-level people, like trying to try to reach out to the to the decision makers and companies when you when you reach out to people? Or are you trying to basically sell from a lower? Yeah. So uh, this new positioning is like leading into talking to the owner of a 20, 50 person company and then saying, hey, you know, throw out the window your base camp. Here it is, something you've never heard of, <laughs> and it's better. <laughs> so that's going to be like the challenge. Like, you don't really, uh, honestly, like at this point, like I don't care because I have like income from other space, uh, other sort of sources. And this is yeah, becoming yeah. more like a, a positive challenge that I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, this is like a game. I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, I'll try something else and then something else and then something else. And then if that doesn't work out, maybe I'll strip features. I'll like make it a task management for a solo founder and that's it like no <laughs> this you cannot add anyone like this is only for one person like i'm willing to try those things and i don't mind it honestly because i love building it or changing it and playing with it if you know if it's i go a lot with luck like you really have to be lucky a bit too like in a lot of sense like you have i think you have to knock on the door constantly but you have to get lucky you know you have to the market has to be moving in a certain direction somebody certain should see you must see like you can't you can do so much to like play the cards right 
But at the end of the day, the player in front of you could have better cards and it, it could beat you like in a split second. So I think for us, I think the most important thing is just to keep doing what we love and then hopefully it pans out, you know, in that sense. I don't know how you guys feel about luck. Like, do you, do you guys <laughs> think it like plays a role? Like, do you include it in your business plan? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. People would probably love that in the business plan. <laughs> I do, I'm like, How do A, do, do B, do C. Luck. I have like all these plans and at the end get lucky. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's the end game. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it definitely plays some kind of role. But uh, I mean, I think there's some, I mean, it's like in everything there's, well, not everything, but you know, in a lot of things in life, there's things that we can control and that we can kind of have in control. And then, you know, there's a ton of things where we can't control, where mm -hmm. uh, anything I do is not going to really change the outcome or really make a, a difference here. So I think it, it's, it definitely plays a part. Um, and, you know, all we can do is kind of try to do as much as we can to kind of make the, the, the outcome happen. Um, and, yeah, there's always going to be something that we can't control or – but yeah, I, I think there's at least something that we can do to try to, I guess some people would say like you can make your luck or something like that, mm -hmm. like kind of like that, I guess, um, is how I kind of see it. But yeah, yeah definitely. I, what do yeah. you think, Ben? I kind of agree. It's like, I think it comes down to a lot of preparation. Like <laughs> um, you, you can do so much. Mm -hmm. And then if let's just say... <laughs> chance has it that elon musk is going to see a tweet that mentions my website or whatever mm -hmm. or my product and he clicks on it for whatever reason and then it basically comes down to am i prepared like did i did right. i optimize my copywriting did i optimize my my mm -hmm. landing page is there like can you immediately spot what's what's going on mm -hmm. like is it converting in a good way and that's probably the stuff that i can control like you just put it noah but then the the chance that Elon Musk is going to see my tweet, that's just pure luck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, that's I not agree with the preparation side. Like, I think that's a big part in luck because, you know, let's say, uh, uh, let's say you're applying for a job and you're like well prepared and you sort of, you've done everything you could. You went to school, you took all these courses, you had all this experience and then you're waiting for that perfect uh, opportunity and that par perfect opportunity comes to you and if you're not prepared... Like that's on yeah. you, like you should have been prepared yeah, right. because the luck just came knocking on the door for that perfect position and you weren't prepared. So I think yeah, right. it has to do a lot, you know, because you can't be just sitting down and saying, hey, somebody's gonna come and find me and you have no product, no experience, no school, no core, like, you know, nothing's gonna happen, so yeah. But yeah, at the end exactly. of the day, I think it has to sort of something happen for it to move a certain direction. Yeah, that kind of um, reminds me of a similar idea that, I've been thinking about a little bit with what I've been currently doing and that's that you know a lot of people will say like this kind of the saying out there is that ideas are nothing without execution or, or basically ideas are are so small part of the whole business or whatever um, and I think again I think maybe that's more so true for like big companies or big startups but for like bootstrappers like us, where it's just like one of us, you know, one person, so entrepreneur working on this thing. Like, I think that the idea is actually really important. Like, I think that makes the idea more important because, you know, if you're a big company, 
you can do things quicker, like you can execute on something and you can do things to kind of figure out, am I going the right direction? Mm-hmm. Is this the right thing? Where as a solo entrepreneur, like, you know, it takes a while just to kind of validate an idea and like validate, is this path that I'm on, is this the right one or do I need mm-hmm. to switch to something else? So it's like, I think the idea then kind of like where you start out from becomes more important um, because, you know, you, you can only try so many things, mm-hmm. you know, as a solo entrepreneur. Um, and so for me, like, that's why I've been struggling a lot with, I'm, I'm, I haven't really even started. Like, I've just been talking to people, trying to figure out the problems around specific spaces and just like trying, like, I, I want to get on a, a good trajectory, I guess, but it's so hard to find those mm-hmm. problem spaces and an idea that can, can, uh, fix those and get you onto a path that's going to work. Um, so that's definitely what I've been struggling with. And it, it kind of feels somewhat similar to kind of like, yeah, like there's some luck there. There's, there's, especially mm-hmm. as a solo entrepreneur, there's only so many things that we can know and do. And, 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 and it's, it, it is a hard, it's a hard, uh, battle, I think as yeah, a solo sure. entrepreneur, so but are you, but there's, there's a lot of fun to it too. Yeah. Are you like, uh, are you searching like a specific place? Like, uh, or just like picking like thoughts and ideas from like different, like wherever they come from, like, are you focusing like, I'm going to try to solve founders, this and this, like, or is that like sort of the, like how you're going about it or just yeah. like your interests? Or? Well, so I'm kind of, I've gone a little bit away from this space, but what I have been doing for the last couple of months is really just trying to learn about how uh, businesses use feedback to make decisions and kind of build out their roadmap and really using feedback to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking at the problems in that space just because I'm interested in helping founders, helping other businesses. And so I kind of saw that, like, maybe there's a tool or something that could help with those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I had basically been talking to lots of different companies, different businesses, different entrepreneurs. Um, and and really after that, I, I told Ben about this. But, yeah, really after all that process, I was just more confused than anything. So Yeah, yeah. I heard, like, that was, <laughs> so the, now, yeah, that was the last podcast, right? The, the one Justin yeah, picked up. Yeah, that was kind of the last. Yeah, that was kind of the last thing. And so... Yeah, I'm kind of moving on from that space, kind of trying to figure out just doing the research and stuff and figuring out what's maybe another problem space that I want to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had this thought like, you know, a couple maybe like a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. I said, you know, if Claritas doesn't work out to a point where it's like sustainable, like how do I go about finding a new idea? Like that's like that was scary to me because I'm like. <laughs> I like this stuff. Like, how do I, how do I like something else? Like, I don't know what even, what that would be. Like, how do I, I mean, I've read the mom book, the mom test, the mom book. Yeah, that's a great book. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good, you know, but then like, like you said, like the, the amount of problems is so, like, it's the area is so humongous. Like, where do you, where do you really place yourself? Yeah, there's that. And then it, you know, you have to find something that connects and intersects with what you care about and mm-hmm. what you want to do and so that's that's a hard thing to find i think yeah find the opportunity that hits something you care about that you have skills for mm-hmm. and, and things like that or just go pick up an idea like i did that somebody else does and then just do it again <laughs> you can go down that road and then wait a year or seven years to, to pan out I don't recommend yeah. that. That's that's crazy. So, but yeah, I guess SaaS takes a while. Like you know, um, 
uh, unfortunately. But then somebody said, oh, well, that's not a, such a bad thing because uh, nobody can take you out when you really do make it because it takes so long for somebody to do what you did, you know? It, like you create this moat mm -hmm. that has to do with time that you've put in, the clients that you've made, you know? And especially if you're serving, I think, if you're ser serving enterprise product uh, clients, like that's even truer because they don't, they move slow, like they don't leave. And if you're serving like smaller um, individuals that are paying like five bucks a month, like they, they move so quickly that you have, you need such a big volume to make sense of your business. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many variables, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. this stuff is interesting to me, honestly. Like I love doing this, uh, just dealing with these problems. And the more I've, the more I've went all in, the more I've learned. Like the time when I didn't yeah. learn was when I was playing it safe. Like uh, that's when I just didn't learn anything. Just went through the motion, and just, you know, spent like a couple of months. And then at the end of it, like I didn't know any more than I did before. So I think you learn a lot by just taking a big risk. But one thing I could have done much better is that managing that risk a little better because sometimes I'm really like a big risk taker, which is horrible because you take like you take mindless risks, you know, like you risk your money and then you end up like losing it and you're like, oh, fuck, I have to go back to consultancy <laughs> and I hate that. And then you have to do that. So it's like, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's definitely a, a hard journey. So thanks, Val, for coming on and sharing yours with us. There's definitely lots of things we can take from that, even, you know, even just like the hard, the hardness of it and just how you have to how you've been sticking in with it. That's I mean, that's really encouraging. Um, and, and just kind of good to hear your story there. So thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. If I make it, it'll make more sense. <laughs> if it does, if I don't, <laughs> then it's going to be just another discussion. <laughs> so well, hey, well, well, once you, yeah, once you've done that, you'll definitely have to come back on the, yes, on the show. I would love to. And next time we're drinking on the show. I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> We have to. Do you drink, Noah? I do. I mean, not. I actually, I don't actually. Oh, but. cool. Okay, so I respect that. I mean, I sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I like like once in a while to drink. So um. I just hope it's not because our questions were so horrible. No, no, no. It was really. I enjoyed this. You know, it's it's really boring. Sometimes when I do the show on my own and like I talk to myself and I'm like, oh, I'm boring. They're listening. You know? So this is much better. It's it's a change for sure. <laughs> So thanks guys for having me. I really enjoyed this talk and uh, I guess I'll connect with you on Twitter and then we'll have another maybe session yeah. about six a year, six months or a year from now. Heck yeah. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Yeah, and we'll put your, your info on the show notes. So Yeah, sounds good. All right. See you listeners. See you next week.